We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. This is episode 43, Doctrine and Covenants 125 through 128, A Voice of Gladness for the Living and the Dead. We're studying it November 1st through the 7th. So... Just some background of what's going on. So the saints are um, in Nauvoo. And um, the first section that we're going to study is all about Brigham Young. And so Brigham Young had been on a mission. And um, he's uh, currently the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So and the first section is going to be directly to Brigham Young. And then the next section... Um, is um, Joseph Smith was at a funeral service in Nauvoo and I guess from some of the things I've learned that was a very common place for Joseph to be was um, he often preached at funerals and uh, the funeral that he was preaching at he shared with everyone there the doctrine of baptisms for the dead so that's where this comes from, and it's it's so cool to see and to read the excitement that Joseph had for baptisms for the dead and the other members of the church. Um, if you read in the individuals and families, at the end of the lesson, there's a whole bunch of um, the voices. Uh, I think they call it voices of the restoration, and they have several people who either were there when Joseph give this sermon or heard of it and they were sharing it with someone that wasn't there in a letter or something and how every single person was so excited and it just made me just the passion and the zeal for um, proxy ordinance work just it made me more excited about about doing it so um let's go ahead and get started with that first section the first section is called, I Love My Family. So a way to introduce this section is you can read in the Doctrine and Covenants stories about Brigham Young. It's chapter 50. Um, it's called The Saints in Nauvoo, but it talks about Brigham Young in there and what's going on with him. Um, I kind of summarized for you what had happened. Joseph had been away, and and then as he comes back, the Lord's telling him that he needs to focus on his family. Um, so in section 126, verse 3, it says, Take a special care of your family from this time, henceforth and forever. So, question that you can ask or ponder yourself, how do we take care of our families? Um, Sister Bonniel Oscarson, uh, who is the former Young Women General President, said, Remember that some of the greatest needs may be those right in front of you. Begin your service in your own homes and within your own families. These are the relationships that can be eternal, even if, and maybe especially if, your family situation is less than perfect. You can find ways to serve, lift, and strengthen. Begin where you are, love them as they are, and prepare for the fa- prepare for the family you want to have in the future. That quote is really stood out to me this week. I've had a rough <laughs> couple weeks 
as a parent. <laughs> um, and just sometimes it's hard. It's hard to strengthen and lift and serve and, and to be there for my family. And But it's important. Those are the most important people for us to serve and to try to build up and strengthen, um, which is why I do this podcast. I want others to, to feel like they can do it because it's so hard. It's so hard being a mom and a parent and, um, but this part of it, teaching your kids the gospel, sharing your testimony doesn't have to be hard. In fact, it should be the easiest part. Um, I'm finding, and maybe it's because my mind's on it so much from doing this podcast, but I know it wasn't always the easiest thing for me. It was sometimes hard for me to pull gospel learning into our days. But it's now the easiest thing we do. And the funnest and the thing that my kids respond to is when we start talking about the truths of the gospel. And I think a lot of it is because my kids know that I know it and I believe it. All right. <laughs> so, sorry for my little tangent there. Let's go back to our question. So, what does it mean to take care of our families? And it also says to help the children think of ways they can show love to their family. So, I started thinking of, like, you know, the little kids. What are the little kids? What are, we, what are they going to say? How do they love their family? Well, they hug them and kiss them. They can say nice words to them. They can share with them. They can help them. As I started going on, more mature things, maybe being a peacemaker, serving and going out of your way to do something that someone needs, give them something that you made, spend time with them, do something that they want to do. And I started thinking about how this applies to us as parents because so often we teach our kids these things. But then I'm like, okay, how often do I do what my kids want me to do with them, right? How often do I sit down with them and play games? And I'm trying to do better. How often do I sit and let them show me the thing that they want to show me? I feel like so often I'm running from here to there and trying to clean up the messes. And you don't show me that right now because I want to see what you're what you're working on for school. And let's let's focus on our chores and. Instead of taking the time to, to look at the bug they caught in the yard or <laughs> to see the flower that they picked or they want to show me some silly thing on a show they were watching or whatever it is and I need to take the time to let them show me and do things with them that they want to do. So maybe just lead through example this week and... Um, Hopefully that will help your family have a better um, atmosphere. All right. How do doing these things help us become more like Heavenly Father? This is a question from the Individuals and Families Manual. That might be a little over the kids' heads, but maybe not. Um, how does serving our family 
help us become more like Heavenly Father. Or trying to share with them. Or help them. Give them something that you made. All those things can help us be like Heavenly Father because that's how He loves us. He's always helping us. He's always serving us. He's always giving us things. He's always telling us how much He loves us. In so many ways. And if we strive to treat other people that way, we are going to become more like our Heavenly Father. Alright, before class, you can invite children to bring a picture of their family. Or during class, you can have them draw a picture of their family. And then have the kids share things that they love about their family. You can share a picture of your family. Or draw a picture of your family. <laughs> and then talk about why Heavenly Father wants us to take care of our family. Sing a song. Like, when we're helping, we're happy. Um, <clears throat> in Sister Carol M. Stevens' uh, talk from October 2013. It's called, We Have Great Reason to Rejoice. She shares a story about her grandson. And I just wanted to read a little bit. She says, when my father-in-law passed away. Our family gathered together to greet others who came to pay their respects. Throughout the evening, as I visited with family and friends, I often noticed our 10-year-old grandson, Porter, standing near my mother-in-law, his granny. Sometimes he was standing behind her, watching over her. Once I noticed his arm linked with hers, I watched him pat her hands, give her little hugs, and stand by her side. And then she says that she... Note, as she noticed that, she decided to send Porter a letter and tell him how proud she was of him and that he was keeping his baptismal covenant because he was mourning with those that mourn and comforting those that need comfort. And so her grandson's response was, Grandma, thanks for the message. When I was always hugging Granny, I didn't know that I was keeping my covenants, but I felt warm in my heart and felt really good. I know that it was the Holy Ghost in my heart. Isn't that beautiful? When we serve our family, we can have the Spirit of our Heavenly Father with us because God is love. If we want him to be in our homes and in part of our families, there needs to be love. <sighs> Guys, this is a good podcast. <laughs> I'm really excited about this one. <laughs> All right. After a good nose blow, I'm ready to continue. <laughs> All right. So the next section is, again, continuing on with this family love. That we're talking about but it's kind of oh, so beautiful okay all of God's children need the chance to be baptized so um, for the younger kids it says in addition to helping his children prepare to make their own baptismal covenants teach them that we can help those who have died without baptism to receive the same blessings so you can start by showing a picture of Jesus Christ being baptized 
or you can use the video um, called The Baptism of Christ. Ask the children if they've ever seen someone get baptized and talk about what they remember about the baptism and what it was like. You can use the picture or the video to show the children that when we are baptized, we go all the way under the water and then back up just like Jesus. And then read section 128, verse 12, and explain that Joseph Smith taught that being baptized reminds us of the resurrection. It says the ordinance of baptism by water to be immersed therein in the order to answer to the likeness of the dead, that one principle might accord with the other. To be immersed in the water and come forth out of the water is in the likeness of the resurrection of the dead in coming forth out of their graves. Hence, this ordinance was instituted to form a relationship with the ordinance of baptism for the dead, being in likeness of the dead. So now you can tell the children about someone you know, such as one of your ancestors or someone else who you know who died without being baptized. I guess it could be someone who you didn't personally know while they were alive, but you know that they died before they were able to be baptized. You could also <clears throat> read, there's a story in the friend called They're Waiting For Me about a girl who um, learns about her ancestors and starts finding their names and preparing them for going to the the, taking them to the temple even though she's not old enough to go she can prepare them for her other family members or for when she's old enough to go you can also read Doctrine and Covenants verse, or 128 verse 5 and have the kids take turns holding a picture of the temple uh, the, the baptismal font in the temple the ordinance and preparation that the Lord ordained and prepared before the foundation of the world for the salvation of the dead who should die without a knowledge of the gospel and then bear your testimony that Heavenly Father wants all of his children to be baptized. And that's why he allows us to get baptized for the dead. He has provided a way for everyone to return to him and gives everyone the opportunity to do that. I'm so grateful for our loving and merciful Heavenly Father who gives us so many chances. He's just, he loves us so much and he really wants us to return to him. Which is why baptisms for the dead is a thing. <clears throat> Alright, the next section is in the older kids section. It says, Heavenly Father, sorry, this is older and younger. So the younger kids, their title is Heavenly Father wants me to learn about family history. And then for the older children, it's baptisms for the dead create a welding link between me and my ancestors. So... They're very similar sections, which is why I combined them. Um, it's the same verses, it's, <laughs> but it's, um, I like that it's simple with the kids. Heavenly Father wants us to learn about family history. And then with the older kids, why? Because we want to create this welding link. Alright, so this is a good time to talk about things that kids can do to participate in family history work. Um... I know as a younger kid, <laughs> child, I didn't, I, I assumed that family history work was for grown-ups. And I think most people in the church do. Most people assume that family history work is for those who can go to the temple and the grown-ups, right? 
And I think part of the reason it has been that way for so long is because you have to know how to use the computers. And I mean, I remember watching my mom do indexing and that was intense. And I remember, um, like, I was confused by any of the things. But then as I got older, I realized that I did participate in family history because I would listen to my grandparents tell stories. Um, one of my young women projects was to interview my grandparents and ask them questions and kind of, I typed up their life stories, uh, at least some of them, some of their stories that they shared with me. And I wish I had done more. <clears throat> um, so, and then my <laughs> my other grandma illustrated family history stories from her parents and her grandparents. And I loved reading through those little illustrated books that my grandma made for us. And little did I know I was doing family history because I was learning about my family. Um, I've always had a little bit of a desire to learn about family history because in college I took a family history class. And it was right before Family Tree and everything started up. And so I learned how to use the system. And <laughs> and then immediately, like right after that, Family Tree became a thing. And all the things I had learned kind of <clears throat> became obsolete. <clears throat> so I'm so grateful that I did that because it instilled in me a love for my ancestors. And I felt that spirit and that fire to find more and to take these names that needed to be taken to the temple. All right. I um, wanted to start talking a little bit about this lesson. All right. So one of the ideas is you could divide the class into two groups and have the first group read Doctrine and Covenants 128 verse 1 to find out what subject occupied Joseph Smith's mind. And have the second group read verse 17 to find out what subject he considered the most glorious. So let's read verse 1 first. As I stated to you in my letter before I left my place, that I would write to you from time to time and give you information in relation to many subjects. I now resume the subject of the baptism of the dead, as that subject seems to occupy my mind and press itself upon my feelings the strongest since I have been per pursued by my enemies. And then in verse 17, I will give you a quotation from one of the prophets who had his eye fixed on the restoration of the priesthood, the glories to be revealed in the last days, and in an especial manner, this most glorious of all subjects belonging to the everlasting gospel, namely the baptisms, baptism for the dead. For Malachi says, last chapter, verses 5th and 6th, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So, you can let each group talk about what they found. So the first group's going to say, okay, the subject that occupied Joseph's mind was baptisms for the dead. And the second group's going to say, the thing that he found most glorious was baptisms for the dead. He obviously was excited and thought about it a lot. You could invite a youth in your ward or in your family who has been able to go to the temple and do baptisms for the dead, share their experience with the children about um, what it's like, um, how they feel, 
and why they do it. You could also have them show the kids their tempo recommend and what that would look like and talk about how you can make sure that you're able to go to the temple. Um, it would be especially great if you found a child who has done their ancestors' names, not just temple names, um, because that's kind of what this lesson's about. But even if they've just done temple names, I'm sure they've still felt the spirit and been grateful to participate in baptisms for the dead. Um, even if it wasn't someone that they were directly related to. Um, I really like this idea. It says, make a paper chain with names of people in your family. And you can bring it to show the class. Tell a few things about different people on your chain. And then read verse 18. And it says, there is a welding link between the fathers and the children. Help the children make their own family change chains and invite them to Take the chains home and have their parents help them put names of their ancestors on their chains. Um, and then have them, hopefully, they can take verse 18 and talk about the welding link. So, um, I'm going to read the whole verse because I just read the one part. So the whole verse 18 is, It is sufficient to know in this case that the earth will be smitten with a curse unless there is a welding link of some kind or other between the fathers and the children upon some subject or other, and behold, what is that subject? It is the baptism for the dead, for me, we without them cannot be made perfect, neither can they without us be made perfect. You can tell a story about an ancestor and talk about why you feel connected to them. Um, you can also show the video that's linked in the lesson. It's called Courage. I think I get it from him. Um... And then an object lesson that would help us um, learn this concept is that you can have um, a gift or a treat of some sort and put it somewhere in the classroom or in, if you're teaching this to your family somewhere where you're teaching your family and point out one child and say, you can have this, but you're not allowed to leave your seat to get it. And... And then ask the rest of the class to um, help figure out how they can help the child get this treat, right? Um, they will probably, well, someone will probably go get it for them and hand it to them and say, okay, so how does this relate? He's still got the blessing, right? He's still got the treat, even though he couldn't physically get up and go get it. But someone else could physically go get it for him. Um, and give it to him. How does that pertain to baptisms for the dead? Well, our ancestors who have gone before cannot be baptized physically. They don't have a body. And um, they cannot be baptized without a body. So since we have a body and we have the ability to be baptized, we can be baptized in their name so they can get the blessing. Um, so let's read verse 15. He says, And now, my dearly beloved brethren and sisters, let me assure you that these are principles in relation to the dead and the living that cannot be lightly passed over, as pertaining to our salvation, for their salvation is necessary and essential to our salvation. As Paul says concerning the fathers, that they without us cannot be made perfect, neither can we without our dead be made perfect. Ask the children to share something about one of their grandparents. Tell one of your favorite stories about your grandparents or parents. 
show pictures if possible. Encourage the children to learn more about their grandparents or other ancestors. Invite the kids to ask someone, or if you are their parent, encourage them to talk to you about things they can do for about family history. Um, one really awesome thing that we've done in the past is have the family history consultant in the ward come to our home and teach us some things about family history. That was really helpful. And, um, a really great way to engage the kids in that. Um, and in the in the friend, it has a ton of things that have to do with family history this month. So in the November friend, it talks about making a family tree. Have each family member make a paper leaf and write their name on it. On another paper, draw a tree and trunk, then glue or tape the leaves to the top of the tree. I think that's a really great idea, and that's going to follow through into next week's lesson as well. There's also a story in there called Helaman Wonders about a boy who learns about his family. Um, then there's an activity um, called Family History Matchup. It's about a girl who makes a matching game with pictures from um, her ancestors. And what she does is she gets one picture of them when they're younger and the picture of them when they're older. And you have to match the younger and older pictures. Isn't that cute? Fun activity if you are able to get on family tree and find their pictures. Um, another thing kids can do, um, there's an uh, idea list in the friend called on the page. This is Family History Blessings. It also suggests they could interview a family member. Um, you could read the little illustrated story in there about the Nauvoo Temple, which talks about baptisms for the dead and how it came to be. And then there's an action poem in there about family and about loving our current family and our ancestors. Um, I just want to share with you how important it is that we get excited about this. Um, my grandfather who passed away last year, one of my favorite memories of him was um, we, as an extended family, went to the Bountiful Temple. And we sat out on the, the stairs of the temple and my grandpa taught us about the strength that comes when we unite our family by doing their temple work. And he said, as we add to that chain, make the chain stronger, it gets stronger and stronger. And he promised us that as we did that, and we added more and more family to our family chain, that our ability to do family history work would get stronger. His, my grandpa was a convert to the church, the only member in his family. He was an only child. And he was just always so proud of the posterity that he had and the blessings that his children and grandchildren had because he lived his life in such a way that he was able to teach them about the gospel and most most of his children and grandchildren are active in the church and it's such a huge blessing 
to be part of that family. And he was very passionate about temple work and taking his family names to the temple. There were a few times that I got to participate in that and taking names of relatives that my grandpa knew personally to the temple and being there with him when we performed the ordinances. I'm grateful that we are able to do that and give the blessings to our families that didn't have an opportunity to hear the gospel on the earth. I was just sharing this experience with my husband. <laughs> I kind of had forgotten about it, but uh, when I was in college, right after I took that family history class, my family went on a church history trip, and we kind of went out of our way to go to this little tiny town in Dunkirk, Ohio, where my grandfather's grandparents on both sides grew up and their families before them. And we got to this tiny little town and we were kind of driving around trying to figure out where different people had lived based on some of the descriptions from my grandfather. And um, we kind of made an interesting turn and ended up in the cemetery. But it was such a blessing because we got out of the car and because I had been taking family history I recognized almost every single name in that cemetery because it was all in my family tree. This spirit was so strong while we were there. These ancestors were calling to me. There were several names on those headstones that we had their names in the in the um, database but we didn't have birth or death date or we didn't maybe have their full name or we didn't have their spouse or their children but so much of that information was on the headstones and I was able to collect and write down so much information while we were there that I felt like it furthered the work and I was so grateful for that opportunity to be there and that I had been doing family history so I could recognize the names of these people and, and to be in that place and to feel their spirits. It was just so powerful. And I'm grateful now when I go into my family history, my family tree, even though I personally haven't done tons and tons of the work. Tons and tons of the work has been done. And I know that that link is strong and getting stronger as we continue to do more and more of the work. I hope you have a fantastic, wonderful first week in November. What a great time to celebrate our ancestors. I know a lot of people choose to celebrate the Day of the Dead in place of Halloween or in conjunction with it. How hopefully you find a time to share some stories about your family with your your children and bear your testimony about eternal families 
and the opportunity that we have to share our blessings that we have from being members of the church with everyone who has gone before. Have a fantastic week. Enjoy. Hopefully you're gearing up for Thanksgiving and having a great, great fall. I'll talk to you all next week.